Hi everyone, I'm JJ Hornblast, publisher of Auto Finance News, and welcome to The Roadmap, Auto Finance News' podcast. And this is our weekly wrap for what ha what's happening in auto finance for the week of June 8th. Um, before I begin, I wanna thank Auto Finance News' advertisers, Remitter, uh, Westlake Financial, DeFi Solutions, and National Bankruptcy services for their continuing support. So thank you very much to them. I'm joined by Joey Pizzolato, uh, Interim Deputy Editor of Auto Finance News. Welcome, Joey. Hello. It is uh, Friday, February, uh, June uh, 12, uh, 2020 uh, today. So uh, this week was marked, Joey, by uh, the start of an opening uh, of the economy. Uh, across the U.S. Uh, after uh, months of uh, pandemic uh, quarantining. Uh, and so the, it seemed like the news from the auto finance sector uh, in some ways reflected that, probably most uh, specifically uh, by news that uh, the OEMs uh, were actually, uh, have actually been cutting uh, incentives uh, for certain vehicle types um, new trucks, SUVs, and crossovers in June. Um, so what are some of the specific examples uh, of these uh, incentive programs that have been uh, actually cut? Um, and, and why are the OEMs cutting incentives when uh, car sales are so paltry? So, um, to start, the, the largest cut was from Fiat Chrysler, specifically Ram, um, which pulled back its incentive programs, um, specifically on uh, annual percentage rate for new 2020 models, um, to 3.9% and 5.9% on 60 and 72 month contracts. Um, last month, um, they were doing 0% for 72 months and 0.9% for 84 month contracts. Um, Ram also uh, reduces deferral payment options for 90 days or two 90 days, excuse me, from 120 days. Um, and you know, I would say the reason for this is um, vehicle sales are, uh, you know, they're 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 showing signs of recovery, or they showed signs of recovery in May. Um, and we also um, are going to run into, um, or potentially could run into, um, an inventory problem um, due to the fact that manufacturing was halted for months. At, at all major OEMs. So this inventory problem, though, uh, why specifically these vehicle these vehicle types? You would think then that if there were inventory issues, and you know we saw Ford uh, uh, transferring some of its manufacturing capabilities to ventilators during the pandemic, as an example. So, I mean, why why the you know why SUVs? So SUVs um, are the most popular uh, segment. Um, they, they have been for a long time. And specifically, you know, during the pandemic, um, OEMs were pushing, uh, you know, heavy, heavy incentive programs, 84 months, 0% APR, specifically on trucks. Um, and it was the one segment that showed, I mean, of course it declined, but it was the one segment that showed the least amount of decline during the pandemic. Um, so I can see how that would exacerbate itself, um, you know, over the last couple months. 
and I guess you're saying that you know we're coming we're coming out of the pandemic quarantine into an incredibly low gas price environment. So these are the vehicles uh, that are most likely to be the most popular coming out. And if they can't fill the inventory, they need to they need to kind of dampen the demand mm-hmm. and push people towards the used market. Um, well, or I guess, or or I guess, uh, compact SUVs, which it seems like that still remains, you know, a very popular car segment. Or is that, or not true? No, that that is true. Um, you know, I would say um, it's top three. Um, you know, compact uh, vehicles, uh, light vehicles, cars, um, whatever you want to call them, they are the least popular, um, and therefore, you know, we're gonna see. Um, that inventory won't be um, struggling going forward. So how vehicles get sold, Joey, uh, kind of brings us to the Vroom IPO this week. Uh, this was on, uh, was it Wednesday that, they, uh, that there was the IPO? Yeah. The days, no, two, days blend into each other. I know, they really do. It was either Tuesday or Wednesday that they, um, they began trading. I, I want to say Tuesday, um, yeah, and an incredibly popular IPO. Oh, um, oh my gosh! Uh, their stock um, doubled in value in the first day of trading. Um, I believe uh, the IPO went off at twenty-two dollars a share, and by the end of trading, it was um, near fifty. Yeah, so it was interesting. Uh, our colleague Marcy Bellis wrote a whole column comparing uh, the uh, the Vroom IPO to the. Carvana IPO some years ago, where uh, Carvana, you know, did its IPO in a market that was kind of just less, uh, less, uh, less interested in in such a kind of online oriented uh, car sale venture. Um, I, I guess I'm wondering, you know, now that Room has done this IPO and, 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 and clearly investors have, have put a high valuation on the venture, um, do we have a sense for what we can expect for, on the financing side uh, from Vroom? Well, so Vroom has uh, two um, major partnerships. Um, they have their private label financing arrangement with um, Vroom Financial Services powered by Chase. Um, and then they have a, a multi-year um, uh, contract um, partnership with uh, Santander Consumer USA. Now, one thing um, their chief financial officer told me is they have um, no intention of being a lender. Um, they they intend on continuing to just uh, maintain their their retailer status. So why why is that? Why not why not originate the loans? You know, and and you know get into the funding of them. Well. What he told me was that would require them to keep these vehicles on their balance sheet, and and one of the one of the things that allows them to, um, you know, ramp up their business so quickly is they they have they gain inventory through purchasing um, from consumers, uh, rental car companies, and um, on wholesale auctions. Um, they put them on their floor plan line of credit, and then as soon as they sell um, sell those vehicles to other consumers, they immediately arrange financing and get them off their balance sheet. So they're, they're able to, to ramp up pretty quickly um, without worrying about, you know, that capital um, risk of, of keeping those loans on, on their books. 
Right, I guess right now, and even on the floor plan side, they have that ally floor plan financing um, uh, facility. I, I was looking through the, the uh, prospectus. It looks like as of now, uh, they've only used 165 million of the $450 million floor plan. That's correct. Uh, facility. So I guess they've got room there. They don't, they're not, you know, they're not necessarily in a position where they have to arrange for their own financing. They've got plenty of financing being provided to them. Although Carvana went, you know, went down the other route. I mean, they're, they're originating uh, their own loans at this point. Absolutely. And um, I believe also they have the option. Um, I believe that floor plan line of credit that they have available would it last between 18 to 24 months, they expect. Mm -hmm. um, and I do believe they have the option um, to um, extend that out, um, that line of credit out uh, further, uh, you know, when they need to. Right, right. Okay, uh, so uh, Vroom is not originating uh, their own loans, uh, but for those who have originated their own loans, the first quarter in terms of credit performance was really surprising on some level, but when you kind of think about it, maybe not. So on the superficial level, uh, the, kind of, the headline uh, this week was that Q1 delinquencies fell by five basis points on a year over year basis to 1.93%. And even the 60-day delinquency uh, bucket also uh, dropped a, a single basis point, but but also dropped. So, is the is credit quality improving, Joey? Well, like you said, on, on the service level, um, it, it it looks it looks like it it would be. But um, you know, the important thing to note is all these de payment deferral plans um, that were kicked in. Um, in the middle of March, which is part of Q1, would uh, skew those numbers and essentially frozen these frozen um, payments. Um, you know, they would be frozen for an entire month, pretty much. Um, so, so really, we we've been we've been talking about this for weeks. Um, you know, the wait and see game. Um, you know, what kind of uh, credit losses lenders are gonna are gonna take from the pandemic, and um, you know. We still have to wait and see because these these numbers are a little skewed. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that the, the thing about one Q, you know, first of all, you have the deferrals. So let's just, you know, that's kind of the end of of one Q, and then the beginning of one Q was actually a pretty strong auto market, um, and certainly, you know, the I, I think we there was there were numbers that came out this week that said that. Uh, um, the U.S. economy went into recession, you know, kind of formally went into recession in February. Well, that, you know, that leaves January for a, an expansion, an expansionary economy. So, you know, net, net, I can see why uh, the kind of superficial numbers look okay. But I, I would imagine that we should not expect uh, such positive news for 2Q. Definitely not, but you know, even um, all these deferral plans, they're extending well into Q2 as well. Um, mm -hmm. So we might not see, um, you know, 
really accurate numbers until the third quarter. Right. Okay. Well, it's I I didn't realize that it was going that long. So thanks, Joey. Um, so that, that that's a, an interesting point. Let's let's uh, end it over there. Um, Joey, thank you very much for uh, for participating, and thank everyone uh, for uh, joining us today. We'll we'll see you uh, next week. Thanks, Judy.